KBLA Talk 1580. It's the guy who coined it. <laughs> DNA has memory. Uh, so we're playing that in his honor. He is a critically acclaimed NAACP image and SAG award winning actor, producer, and activist, and an author. He's from Texas. He's been a star of stage, film, television, and an activist for nearly three decades. You know him from so many movies, Crooklyn, Clockers, Romeo, uh, Romeo Must Die, Get on the Bus, and uh, television as well. And the latest, of course, Corsicana. Hopefully we all saw that where you portrayed Bass Reeves. Actor Isaiah Washington joins me. Good morning. God, I just felt like I was eulogized. <laughs> Sorry. Is that what it's going to sound like once I'm dead? No, well, yeah. <laughs> That's a long list. Hopefully we'll have a lot more awards and <laughs> films by then. Well, this is really uh, refreshing. I, I'm really glad since you've been here. Congratulations. It can be LA 1580. But this is my first time actually sitting in front of you in the morning. On my show, I on know. On your show. I know. It's amazing. Isaiah Washington and this I awesome. go way back. A long time. I think I, we got, I first We got 27-year-olds like, out there. <laughs> yeah, I think I interviewed you first around And, and you want to tell the audience maybe? what you said to me in our first interview? That wasn't our first interview. That was later. But that yeah, was later? That you was tell later. the audience what you said to me? Uh, when That was when we were on the Stevie Wonder Morning Thunder $1,000 Thursday. What did you say? I'm always... I said, you're always talking, but you're always working. working. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've kept my word, right? And then Stevie made that into a song, actually. Yeah, always, always talking, but always working. Yeah, it works for you. Like I'm always speaking out, but I always continue to work. But that's not really the paradigm of Hollywood. So, I mean, honestly, I think I feel like some people would speak out more now, but there's limits and you seem to just have your own paradigm. Well, I think a lot of uh it, it has a question of of what you can afford. Literally, mm. what you can afford to say and what you can uh you can't afford to say. And it really really goes down to that. Um you know, uh, my overhead is considerably less than it was 25 years ago, <laughs> so I can afford to say quite a bit. And also, I'm I'm, I'm pretty semi-retired. Uh, that's so, right. I'm, uh, I did see on Twitter where you announced your retirement. Now that's when I felt like I was eulogized. That went viral. Yeah, it's like someone was going Hercules, Hercules. He's gone. Yeah, a lot of people were sad, too. <laughs> I mean, at least people care. They care what you yeah, seem to care every single like, thing you do. It seems like I've watched my death <laughs> before the world. Not on screen. No, just like I've watched the death of so many incarnations of me, and I'm still here looking, literally physically looking at the great Dominique Dupriva. It's so exciting. It really is. Well, thank you. Because I just felt like I was eulogized. Well, I was... I was just blessed from a, not was, even having a car accident, and I'm like... There's angels all around me, 11-11s. It's so exciting. Seriously, I feel really, really blessed. I really do. That's a good place to be. No, I, I could feel it, literally. Uh, it's super exciting. Um, all the people that are coming into my life, uh, regardless of which reasons I'm here, uh, what I call my dream team, you know, the Rashid Little Johns, uh, the Pamela Denise Longs, uh, the uh, Princess Robbins, and... Um, even the Angela Staten Kings, people that I'm choosing to work with uh, and, and, and taking these really incredible journeys with that also may, it may bespeak politics, but it really isn't. It's really about evolution. And I've always been interested in how can we evolve, right? I've, I've stepped away from the revolutionary spirit because I realized in the history of studying revolutions, it tends to revolve right back to where it started. And you always have to have a martyr. There's always someone that has to die at the forefront. 
So I said, well, let's take the R off of revolution and just say evolution. Because if you evolve and an evolutionary, and I'm part of an evolutionary process, then there's no returning to what reason you had to revolt in the first place. Some folks that don't know you may be surprised that you're here on a Freedman Friday talking about reparations. I'm not. <laughs> um, you know, I, I know that you were very, you were actually close with my dad. Yes. Mary Baraka. Loved him dearly. Uh, um, Still love Baba. <laughs> yeah, and you guys did um, Bulwark together. Right. I wish uh, they would re-release, actually. Yeah? It, it would be such a timely movie today. Politically, hmm. just much like Black the Dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it would do better today had it, if it's released this time than it was years ago. So when I think, I, I, I don't know, I, since I've met you, you've been um, independent. You've been in the Green Party. I think you were a dem- Democrat for about 10 minutes when, when you voted for Barack Obama. Uh, <laughs> right. Then then you went MAGA. Then you went Republican, apolitical. Right. And then apolitical. Apolitical. Oh, Republican, you correct me, not MAGA, Republican. Yeah. Then you went apolitical, and now I think you're back to Republican. Libertarian. Oh, see, I, just, I can't keep up. All of them are just, ro- just protests. It's just, I like it hot. I just don't. Don't put me in a box. Really. Yeah. So you don't you, you don't want to be labeled. Not that you're part of the no labels party, but you don't want. Is there a no labels party? Yeah, the no, but the no labels party is really Republicans in sheep's clothing. Because oh, I have to look that up. Yeah, they're trying to upend um, Biden by pretending to run a, a bipartisan candidate who's probably going to end up being Joe Manchin. Interesting. Yeah, it's funded by Republican billionaires, though. So. In any case, (laughs) (laughs) and I don't see you out there campaigning for Cornell West. Uh, I adore Cornell West. I know. Uh, I don't have an opinion on that. Oh, okay, that's right. You're so you're apolitical, libertarian, libertarian. Now we're at libertarian. I'm about about freedom. I'm not saying that because I don't take you seriously. I'm saying it because I've known this man a long time, and I hear people just labeling you MAGA. I'm like, keep up, keep up. I've already moved on. <laughs> My MAGA people are not even MAGA. <laughs> they're just they're just Isaiah followers. <laughs> you well, know yeah. what I mean? Of course you can. Whatever I ask them to retweet and tweet, they do it. I mean, I had people when I was tweeting about reparations, <laughs> like like seven thousand so called MAGA followers, and then they all begged to come back. Really? Because they did the numbers, and they said, you know, okay, we just need our country back. How much is it going to cost? <laughs> I said about fourteen trillion as a start. <laughs> so you're changing minds. I, I, that's that's my job. Uh, I became an actor because I want to change hearts and minds of my own people. I want um, them to understand that colorism then and unfortunately even today is an issue in our community. So I became an actor in 1987 because I was a dark-skinned male and I had a, a bone to pick with Howard University. <laughs> you know, and all those fair-skinned women that wasn't giving me any attention. Oh, they, you got it after you. Oh, I got it now. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I don't need it. But right. I, I won. <laughs> you won, right. I won. So once I was done with that and said that, you know, Denzel, who I adore, is not the only Washington that could be a leading man. Once I proved that point, spiritually speaking, on Gray's, it was a 20-year journey. Gray's Anatomy. Yeah, it was a 20-year journey. It started basically, what, 19... 1996. No one talks about it, but I love the hundred. I know we're supposed to be a talking about people, reparations, I but know. I actually like that the but character I, that you again, play on that because show. Because I, I've always been ten years ahead of my time in this industry. Absolutely. I mean, you, you know, knowing you all these years, it's you like I, first thing, first you're getting slammed for playing a gay man. 
Right. When it wasn't popular and everyone was like, he's degrading the black man. And when man. I did the interview here with Tavis, it went viral. Right, because and, people didn't even know that. And yeah. then the next minute, they're <laughs> mad at you for, you know, dropping an F-bomb when you, you know, when you weren't even talking to a person. Out of context. Like, context right, should context, be everything. Right. But, it, but, I mean, that back to keep up. But don't take that from me. Right. I am the first official person to be canceled. Don't take that from really? me. Really? Yes. In a major I, I gotta way. think about that. I well, think you, they canceled I mean, Paul Robeson. You lose eighty million dollars. That's that's pretty. <laughs> you, I think they canceled Paul Robeson. But, he, you know. Well, good point. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't and know Lee. He, and, he, and he lost a and lot. Malcolm of X, yeah, and Malcolm X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mega Everest. Oh, I was thinking actors so, since you. What well, yeah, actors? So yeah. we could go down. We could go, don't go yeah. down that rabbit hole. So yeah, you know, I, I take that back. Yeah, maybe, okay. maybe, maybe I, maybe I should just leave that alone. You're part of a long and noble legacy of actors being canceled. Yeah, they, didn't, they haven't taken both of my passports yet. So, yeah, I, I didn't stand down. Yeah, Paul Robeson, sorry about that, bro. Yeah. So your other passport is what? Oh, yes. Uh, I am a ICAWAS. Okay. Passport out of Sierra Leone. So I'm a citizen and still have a citizen. This is my second or third renewed, a second renewed uh, citizenship passport that I have that I adore. Uh, it's always, uh, I care when I travel, I care both passports and a copy of uh, the United States But it's back to keep up because you are your dream team, as you call them. And, you know, and I borrowed that from Johnny Cochran in, in, in Ogletree, actually, Attorney Charles Ogletree. <laughs> so I, I, I used that because that's when he, when he was alive, he was very interested in addressing, having redress because of the free labor. We're not suing for slavery. People have been enslaved for thousands of years. Uh, but we have to really look at how we can have this particular conversation on how to go about redress for harms and badges of slavery in this country. And you've had many people on this show talking about that, and I agree with most of them. It's the nomenclature issue, issue that I think is still a little tricky, and that's okay because ultimately I think once people really get down to it uh, and understand that it's still going to have to be a legislative process, all right, um, and that's something that I've been working very hard. A lot of people don't know that I have an organization called uh, uh, Artists and Athletes Alliance, and been for 17 years. It's been like my quiet creative coalition. Uh, I stepped down off the advisory board um, because I wasn't in alignment with Hunter Biden <laughs> being put on the board, and I had a sense that this probably will impact the organization in a a way that we're not going to be able to uh, bounce back from for quite some time. Unfortunately, I was right. <laughs> um, so I walked away from that organization, but I still support it. And Steve Ross, who is still the executive director of it. But uh, I've been, I, I, I like, I don't want to say that I'm a, now this is going to come off and then they're going to take this out of context. So I don't say it anyway. I, I kind of move. Like of course a, you are. Yeah, like, a, like, like a deep throat. <laughs> you know, like a CIA operative. Only, only, only live on and, the radio. Yeah, if I say that, it's, I told you he was an Asian. I told you he was an Asian. Look at that. He's like, whatever. I really enjoy behind the scenes work. I love that more than anything. I love to be uh, that evolutionary behind the scenes and not really take credit for anything. You know, so and it's not something we expect to hear from an actor. You're talking about oh, being the hidden hand or the behind the scenes guy, but you're in front of the camera. Yeah, that's how I make my living, uh, and I'm proud to say that I just finished God's and I did five in God's Sweet Trust. I was a producer on, and we shot that during the strike. So that was my little flex. You know, is that I'm still okay, able to work you, during the strike, and I'm sure you had an agreement, a, a project agreement, the interim agreement, agreement that they took away. Because we were supposed to shoot before J July 13th. So it gave us a green light and then gave us a red light and then wanted to put us in the gulag. 
I wasn't having that. I was on the phone with the attorneys at SAG for 10 weeks. But while I was negotiating that to go get my movie done, because I want to make a flex, a point that I'm still working, even doing a strike. Even during I was retirement? Doing retirement. <laughs> I was meddling in the reparations conversation at the same time, because I just like to multitask like that. Mm. <laughs> okay, so when we come forward, um, I, I, where I was going with it is that, you know, many of the folks that we associate with FBA, Freedmen, um, Negroes, uh, the... Ados, uh, Dobas, oh, well, not the, the Doba crowd, uh, the factions, I, I'm not completely fluent on it, but many of those folks would recoil at the idea of Pan-Africanism, and you have two passports. Uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, I think, I'm 60 years old, and it's okay to be ignorant, right? <laughs> it it's is. It's okay to be ignorant. <laughs> it is. But once it becomes loud, and then it continues to be loud, then you're stupid, okay? Um, I'm a Garveyite. I'm many things. My name is Isaiah. I have 66 chapters in the Old Testament. Okay? <laughs> so you can label and label and label and label and label, but you have to judge me by my actions, right? And to go down in history to be the first African-American when I was just an African-American. I was an African-American just 13 weeks ago. Oh, and now you're a Negro. Now I'm Negro. <laughs> <laughs> you're never too old. You're never too old to learn. You can always teach a dog new tricks. Okay. I was very but much But you can't be both? You can't be a Negro and an African I think with everything that us melanated and people... And a black person. Melanated people have gone through in this nation, in this world, the, the one thing that we can control, we can't even control our own reproductive system for the most part, right? And I'm serious when I mm -hmm. say this. How you identify personally, that is how you identify I may decide to be a white man tomorrow <laughs> because that's the freedom of America. And I'm laughing because I, you are the one that would actually and make it sexy. Do that and I mean, make it whatever, work. whatever that means. Uh, no, you will call me I, a white I man. I can say I, I might just decide to just be European tomorrow, based on Queen Europa, who was a Carthaginian, right? Who was a melanated person, yeah, a descendant of Hannibal. Right, that Denzel is getting ready to play. Right? Denzel. Yeah. Uh, so, but but I think that anyone is entitled to identify what, however, but what you can't do, right? You can't attack others for choosing to identify the way they choose, and particularly those who choose to identify that would be registered right today under the federal lexicon as a Negro. You show me. Information where ADOS, which I'm so glad has done an extraordinary amount of good work, and Yvette Cornell, right? There's no ADOS for sale, no FBA for sale, no African for sale, no B1 for sale, no blacks for sale. There were Negroes for sale. And and N words, right? I understand that. I understand that sentiment because when my grandmother got mad at me, she would call me a Negro, which felt like she was calling me the N-word with the hard R. I understand that because everything that she remembers and my great-grandmother, who was clearly born uh, the daughter of a slave in Galveston, Texas, right? Why well, I had issue with Vivian Ramaswampy about going after Juneteenth. I took yeah. that personally. I saw that Twitter fight. I took that personally, <laughs> right? Is yeah. that everything, those traumas connected to that word, I can understand that it's painful. I can understand that 
all of my light-skinned, green-eyed grand-aunts were victims of miscegenation, but they were beautiful and they loved my dark chocolate self as I was picking those watermelons in their farm, right? And when they called me Mickey, my nickname, my little Negro, it was different. I thought it was interesting that my much fairer-skinned ancestors embraced the term Negro, where the much darker-skinned relatives, including my grandmother, did not. Continuing this deep dive, this reparations conversation, it is meant to be comprehensive. Actor Isaiah Washington is also an activist. He's my guest. And you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DiPrima when we come forward. KBLA Talk 1580. Actor Isaiah Washington is here. You may know him from Grey's Anatomy. You may may know him from uh, Get on the Bus. You may know him from God's Not Dead. Oh, a lot of people. Five? Oh, man, I started... That one's I, not out yet, though. Well, I played Congressman Darrell Smith. I've, I've always... I say, believe it or not, even considering the, the past circumstances, I, I'm a picky bit. Oh, so I can't say the B word here already. Well, it's I'm, okay, you just I, did. <laughs> so, I say no more than I say yes. Really? So when I say yes and commit to something, nine times out of ten, it's going to be a hit. It's going to be really good. It's going to be interesting. So when you say yes to something, when you... You know, we've seen you go through different stages and people, I don't know, you say canceling you. Um, but that doesn't mean you still don't have a lot of options. you just picky. I'm picky. Yeah. I got the nerve. Based on? I'm really, I've always been, and now that I'm a Negro, I've always been an uppity Negro. Now that I'm a Negro. <laughs> I've always been an uppity so, Negro. So when you say picky, what is that based on? I'm always concerned on what my children and my fans and my people would think of me in that role? Would they be proud of it? Or would they be embarrassed by it? Now, I know that sounds corny, but... Not a, really. A legacy is a legacy. I mean, right? it's surpri- it may be surprising coming from you because you are so outspoken and you know, you've been through so many evolutions in your journey, but it sounds like your criteria is based on your legacy and what you're saying with that legacy. Cultural optics is extremely important to me because in this business and in history, the optics of the black man and the black woman has been challenged so greatly and so intensely to be proverbially destroyed and erased that I became an actor to take that on, to challenge that to show the world that, yes, I can look the way I look, sound the way I sound, and still be lovable, and still be considered intelligent, and also be considered a threat. Yeah, I mean, you play the DC sniper, <laughs> you know. Uh, I try to tell the audience where I'm thinking and where I'm going that, all the time. That was, that was I'm not scary. sure they're listening. Yeah, I saw that, that, that film was scary. I was like, hmm. Uh, and we killed in 2013 okay? <laughs> yeah. no pun intended yeah. at Sundance uh, but they went with Fruitvale Station over politics and Toquan Richmond didn't get the Oscar which he should have been an Oscar nominated if, if the rules in the game and the, and, the, and the playing field was fair uh, but it's a classic for those who know about Blue Caprice it still holds up uh, Romeo, will die. Romeo Must Die still holds up yeah it right? does uh, I always try to reflect the uncomfortable things that I see in our community so we can redress. Yeah, I mean, redress, it right? is interesting because you say cultural op- optics matter, but yet you chose with that, you know, yardstick, you chose to play the character and get on the bus 
at a time when you know oh my god people I was attacked you a traitor for for playing <laughs> we, a game. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. Okay, so. Now you're a Negro. You said you've always been an uppity Negro. I need you to put a little love on that Negro. I need you now to raise Now you're a the... Negro. Yeah, thank you very okay. much. Yes. I'm, and, and I'm an uppity Negro. And you're an uppity oh, one. very much that. a... <laughs> but, but it's more than just like a phraseology for you. No, it's serious. You're, you base that on, and, and there are others in the reparations movement who base that on uh, a legal strategy that you feel will make reparations more possible? I, I, I really think that Negro Freeman is very important at the end of the day. In that courtroom, I envision that I'm working very hard with the GOP surrogate to get before the Republican Study Committee and convince these 60 Republican senators because I know they are my supporters and their wife love me as Dr. Burke, so they will listen to me. So <laughs> Wait, I Dr. Really Burke believe, still has clout, huh? I really be, it's, it's, it wouldn't be me delivering reparations. It would be Dr. Burke. <laughs> Let's just be clear. What about because, Chancellor Jaha? Because Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House wife, I am quite certain she's a fan of Dr. Burke. And that's why I'm coming to the forefront. I know it sounds ridiculous, but unfortunately, our politics is treated like a sport. And unfortunately, and fortunately, that celebrities get a lot of sway in the political mm-hmm. uh, conversations that they probably shouldn't be or not prepared for. But the good thing about me is that I'm open to learn. I've listened to the uh, the Twitter spaces. I've been run down. Uh, I've listened to the battles of nomenclature. I respect them all. I understand what the battle's about for Save the Tribe. I understand how important it is to get the Freedmen's Bureau back in control of the Freedmen. I understand, I understand, I overstand. Um, but the only thing that a lot of these individuals don't know is that they can't get to the White House as easily as I can. That's not a flex. I'm not being disrespectful. It's just... I've always learned that politicians and Hollywood people are strange bed partners. They always say that Washington D.C. is the Hollywood for ugly people. That's <laughs> what have, they say. I have heard but that. But they're extremely yes. powerful and extremely intelligent and extremely affluent. So they only feel comfortable think, being around other people that they think is extremely powerful and extremely influent and have some sway. It's a strange synergy, but that is something that I'm utilizing to push for those that can speak uh, intelligently about this reparations argument. And you know who those people are because you were kind enough to put them on your show more than once. Uh, yeah, we, we are going into news, traffic and sports. But when we come forward, you know, I, I want to talk about that, like because what you just outlined, it sounds like you believe the Republicans are more likely to d- deliver on reparation than the Democratic Party. Joe Biden will we'll talk about that after news, traffic and sports with actor Isaiah Washington exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. A safe place to go loud, loud, loud. a great place for progressive politics. KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate loses and love wins. Talking with actor Isaiah Washington and you, if you want to get in, 800-920-1580. If you don't, go hang out in the YouTube chat because they're having a good time in there. Um, Isaiah Washington, you know, we were talking about Negro and the legal case for why um, you use that word and why you and, you know, the reparations uh, movement activists that you hang out with or work with believe that this is, a legal strategy uh, to get 
what is due to us. I'm not going to reiterate what the scholarship and the professionals, the experts on um, reparations have already said on the show. Uh, the OMB clearly has removed or tried to remove Negro through the OMB, right? Uh, I've had conversations with Grace Ming and <clears throat> conversations with Grace Ming's office, the Washington, D.C. office, and put her in touch with Rasheed Littlejohn, and we get it. we're drilling down on that. We understand that. I think even though Karen Bass, my good friend Karen Bass, is now the mayor, was on that literature, H.R. 4238, that says that we're going to remove Negro, and now we're going to be called African Americans. I understand what that was about. I understand how people prefer black because it's such an old word and that's what the enslavers gave us. But what you have to understand, if you want to re win a legal case, you have to look at what word was used more than the other. And you and, and you believe you believe that Republicans, whether they be MAGA or otherwise, are more likely to deliver on reparations than, than Joe Biden or Democrats? Have you seen what's been going on on the Hill lately? These yeah. people are threatening <laughs> To have fist fights with Teamsters? Yeah, I mean, that's These why people I'm... are elbowing each other. <laughs> These people are former speakers of the House. I think they really need a reason to become radical Republicans again because it's looking pretty Saturday Night Live up there. <laughs> yeah, it is. But when you say radical Republicans, are you talking about Civil War radical Republicans? Did I, do you know what's happening in San Francisco right now? Where are all the homeless people? On the streets, same like no, they no, are no, here. No, Tenderloin, no. They, oh, you're, they're talking about, you're talking about for the... They the were sun, removed, so we know where they the put Chinese them. They're president. in the gulag. So it's absolutely absurd. Jail, right? It's absolutely <laughs> absurd on what is happening in our yeah. political system yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these people are not very bright. They're not very special. They're not very spectacular. So that's where people like me come in. Because I'm pretty bright. I consider myself somewhat special, but I'm an infiltrator. I'm the so spook. You, I'm the spook who not only sat by the door, but I had been inside the White House multiple times. But I'm always representing the Negro now. And at that point, 13 weeks ago, I was representing the black person and African American because if I'm, I was told, I asked Jerry Kushner about reparations when I went to the White House for First Step Act, and before he was able to tell me what Trump was going to do, he says, "Yes, we're definitely going to do it with the uh, uh, the, uh, the platinum plan." But we need more research. But it's not just going to be cash payments. It's going to be, and just when he was getting ready to say probably land, Van Jones, yes, Van Jones comes over and starts cooning like you've never seen cooning before, and wow. made it look like oh oh come on Isaiah, ah, he's just kidding, and walked Jerry Kushner away, and I dare him. To say that I'm a liar. Wow, he's taking he's taking a pounding in the press. This he week. doesn't care. He doesn't care. Whatever gets the ratings and gets and qualifies him to get his paycheck. Good brother. Good for you, brother. Good for you, man. He's so, he, but, but you really him. brought up reparations to Kushner, and he indicated to you. And is that why you think that it it can happen with a Republican administration? I don't think it's going to happen legislative for one particular Republican. We're going to have to happen with a lot of Republicans and whether people really want to understand it and like this idea or not, Trump will be the one that will be able to get these Republicans to say yes, because they think this guy is their Jesus Christ, their king. They really do. And I would also say the MAGA people are no threat, total cowards. 
they are not the sons and daughters of the Confederacy. They're not the sons of 1776 that they threaten to be on social media. I'm on True Social. I'm on Instagram. They're 50, 60, old and flabby and rich. They're not wow. getting in the streets to do any fighting. If they were, they would have been in the streets fighting against Antifa. They didn't show up. Where was the Klan? They're not trying to get in these streets, people. But we're going to get in these streets in March for reparations in April. And there's not going to be any smoke. Because they're not, I got proof. I've been listening to them, and I sit in their rooms, and they call me Dr. Burke, and they just talk freely. They speak so freely. They're not willing. They're not willing to lose blood over anything. Isn't it obvious? I got into this reparations conversation because I got tired of seeing billions and billions of taxpayer dollars go to the Ukraine. And I know there are Nazis there. I'm former military, and I know a lot of people that are former alphabet people that still support me at the federal level. So I have great intel. When you say alphabet people, you're talking about FBI, CIA, whatever. whatever. DO, all of them. You're not talking about LGBTQ is my point. I got good intel and allies in that too. <laughs> and I can tell you they're not interested in the transgender fight right now. They don't want any of that smoke. They really to drop the T <laughs> and the Q. So right now yeah. you're talking about yeah. a march for reparations. April. Tell me the, give me. Led your, by myself and Rasheed Littlejohn. Can't wait. If it's just the two of us where? out there. In D.C., on the mall. And when in April? It's probably around tax time. Oh, we don't know yet. We okay. don't know yet. You're going to keep us but people posted. Gonna, all black people going to say, man, that's tax time. I can't afford it. You know, I remember when I asked people to stay home in September after I got upset about Terrence Crusher being shot by that racist woman. That was an Oklahoma policewoman. She's still on the force. Yeah. And it just bothers me. And she's still. Is breathing just like the, the man who George Zimmerman is still breathing. I'm like, where the thugs at? Okay, the views <laughs> and opinions expressed on first things first. Where the thugs at? Are not necessarily what? those no. of station uh, management. No, I'm, just, I'm just saying this. A lot of people do a lot of talking, and I don't talk. Yeah, yeah. I don't talk. I walk it how I talk it, right? So I don't care about people talking about a talk who don't understand how I move. It's like I've been to the White House and I represented us well, and I'm going to continue to do so. So either you can follow my plan, it may, it may not understand, but I'm doing it for all of us. As a matter of fact, I'm doing it for all of Americans, because the one thing I understand, I will repeat, there is not see they're cowards. They're going to continue to do some slick stuff behind the you know, because anti anti black hate is real over three thousand, right? So they will continue to lynch and kill and mob secretly if you put yourself in that position. But there will be no daylight smoke. The MAGA people are not going to do it. They're so fractured and fissured. It's so you're not worried about a civil war? Ain't happening. Yeah. All right. We've got um, Ann on the phone calling it from L.A. Happening. Good morning, Ann. You're on with Isaiah Washington on First Things First. No. Ann? Hi. Um, yes, I'm here. Um, I, you know, I, I really haven't followed your career, but wow, you're interesting. Um, um, the... My it's not an opposition to reparations. It just is the um, I won't say foolhardy, but just um, the impracticality of of going for reparations. You know, when, when Josh and Rebecca were still alive, I don't know, 150 years ago, that would have been great. I think now, though, that uh, the white Americans in this country have become so um, uh, just in such opposition that there, it's almost an immovable object. And the idea that Republicans, these, you know, 
people who vote for Republicans are um, are kind of on, um, you know, they're dying off. This is okay, so that, g- g- bring me to the essence of your point here, Anna. They're what, not going to risk, it? they are not, what I'm saying is that they, are, Republicans are not going to risk uh, offending their voters by, they may bring up the idea of reparations um, as a way to maybe appease black people who are uh, have the opportunity to get into the White House. They so you think they'll talk the talk, but they won't walk the walk. How do you respond to that? Don't they'll listen. To, if Trump, like I said, if Trump tells them to do it, they would do it. But would Trump do it? Like I, uh, that was absolutely. That was my thing. Like absolutely, he, he's he was going to do it. He lies a lot. He, I was, I was in the White House. He was going to do it. I mean, how do you know he, he won't lie he, to you? Just he, like he lies, he, to, doesn't he, pay his contractors, doesn't you know make good on a lot of promises. Okay, I, I hear those talking points. Yeah, um, it's not a talking point. It's but, his track but, but, record. But hear me. I was in the White House. I was invited more than once. I know for a fact the Platinum Plan exists. It has issues. Pamela Denise Long has a better plan. Rashid Littlejohn has a better plan. A lot of people got plans, but they don't have access to power. I do. So who is going to be the best person to look that person in the eye and say, are you doing this? Yes or no. Or you get no vote. No one has a reason to vote. In fact, you got 40 million Christians that don't vote. You got 13 million Christians that are not even registered. Right? You got 43 million Christians alone that are not interested in voting. Okay, and now, I believe there's over 50 plus million people that have no reason to vote and haven't voted. And when is the last time have you checked? I haven't been on a census in 30 years. Well, I mean, I have, but when you why did you go to Christians? I mean, why did you select those people? Because those are the people that tend to be more abolitionists. So when she's talking about they, she's not really understanding. And I've said this before, that if there's 290 million people more than us in this country, and it's over 300 million plus, why are they so quiet? Where are they at? What are they doing? I'll tell you what they're doing. They're being hypocritical. They're only interested in their safety and their profits. And guess what? They're not voting either because they're wealthy. They don't have to vote. They control corporations that decide how much profits they're going to make. Look at Grumman and Northrop and look at Halliburton. See, I've seen the other side of wealth. They're not being honest either. Okay, this country has been sold out a long time ago, a long time ago. So this they, this MAGA, that stuff doesn't exist. It's really a boogeyman created by a system of 1% that wants you to stay away from the polls, which you should not, because the thing is, you voted for this. No, you didn't. And if you did vote for it and it's rigged, no, you didn't. So this is what I'm saying. What are you going to give me up front for my vote in 2024? And if it's not reparations, then I'll sit back and watch the immigrants just take this bad boy over. And let's see how long it takes for it to all burn down. Mm. Well, Metaphorically okay. speaking. Metaphorically speaking. <laughs> when we come forward. I want to talk about that because, you know, you raised the, the issue of immigration and somehow right. that's become a big pillar uh, of the conversation. It's just another boogeyman. It's just another, you know, when people started talking about reparations in 1976, when I first heard the word and it became like Preparation H, 
Roots came out. <laughs> Roots came out. And no, there was no more talk in my family about the black and red, black and green. That's how long I've been on this. Talking with actor Isaiah Washington. <laughs> You're welcome to get in the conversation. 800-920-1580. It is KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Your ancestors' favorite radio station. Radio station. And your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah Washington is in the building. Uh, we're on YouTube.com. It's not too late to call if you want to get in. 800 920 Tell people what I said. You said we have three options. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Do you know how many Negroes that went to prison telling the truth? So so don't choose the truth or the whole truth? You tell nothing but the truth. Nothing but the truth. Because <laughs> you know how many people God. say they're telling the truth and they're straight up perjuring themselves? Mm. That's why they call it perjury. You got three options of truth. <laughs> it's a bank. He wears a robe. You, get, you pay restitution. They have a teller, a whole teller there. It's a bank. And they're telling you, in God we trust, right? Okay. You got truth, right? Mm-hmm. On a Bible. Maybe you're an atheist. Right. Oh, yeah. Right now you're reminding me of, of the <laughs> reparations activist, Mr. Peoples, who said he used to say, there's nothing left but the truth and reparations. That's it. But he's wrong. <laughs> nothing but the truth and reparations. <laughs> nothing left but nothing but the truth Because the truth, you're going to jail. Yeah. You tell the whole truth. You probably get paroled. So I asked you about immigration because for some, I feel like the anti-immigrant sentiment in some aspects. It's an anti-Negro uh, sentiment. It's well, been an anti-Negro I, thought. Yeah, no, no doubt. But I'm talking years. about within the reparations movement since it's a Freedman Friday. I mean, is that based on people thinking that, you know, Caribbean it's, people and African people are going to rush in and get reparations? Is it some kind of xenophobia? Is it a, a, an offshoot of the MAGA thing? You know, where does that come from? Why is it necessary? I, I've employed immigrants for 25 years in my home. They've had keys to my home from El Salvador, from Honduras, from Guatemala. You have to understand that the people that we're supposed to be afraid of have been here. They're already here. And they've already been defeated, okay, uh, in, in Palestine, right? They've been here for decades, from Iran since the 70s because of, imperialistic foreign policy from this great country in the leadership. So people are already here that are anti-American, anti-Negro, anti-other immigrants, anti-everything. People are here looking to survive, I repeat, to be safe and to watch their profits or to make a profit. So this idea that there's a new, the borders, the borders, the borders, people that have been broken by alphabet organizations in Venezuela are already here. They're already here. Yeah. They're your teachers. They're your bankers. I mean, and, 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 and they're well, your accountants. And there were a lot of people here when, you know, yeah. the United States started. I mean, yeah. indigenous now, people. I see it, you got your Bass Reeves hat on. That's right. I'm, I'm an internal investigator. I've been, Corsicana, been, the movie. been my investigation, and I love investigating. I love understanding how people think psychologically, and I understand the pain. Right, I'm just I'm just a warrior. I'm here to deliver. I'm of service. I'm a former veteran. I'm looking for the solutions. Why people want to want to talk and straw man about various things? <laughs> Immigration. It's a word. People, are you in these streets? Right. I'm not at the border. I don't see AOC at the border. I don't see anyone at the border. I don't see mayors at the border. 
You keep telling me about the border, the border, the border, the border. You watch the wag the dog. When people watch me on this thing, if it's edited or not edited, they're just watching TV. It's entertaining. So don't mm. tell me about what is going on if if you don't like the kids say on the streets. I need the receipts. Friedman Friday. Yeah. There are there are yeah. um, the woman uh, Anne who just called, and I've heard this many times off the radio. They say there's not enough money. Uh, in, <laughs> in fact, I think um, Ed was saying it. It's it's too costly. Um, won't happen. Ridiculous. If all of it is papered up, there's a thing called appropriations. There's a thing called treasury. You know, this thing fiat money. You know, I was on my way to meet Gaddafi with Condoleezza Rice and the other Republican, foreign Republican, privately. He asked for three seasons of Grey's Anatomy and a vintage uh, New York Yankees hat. And before I got there, it just kind of went away. And three weeks later, I'm turning on the news he was dead. We were going to have a conversation about money and who, how, what it really means and who has the gold. Our money is not valued. It's only valued on the street. If I got a $100 bill, it's valuable here. But I've been in Nigeria, had a $100 bill that was made in uh, 2005 or 1999. It's worthless. It's just paper. It's always been worthless. The Rothschilds banks know that. We know that government bonds and gold. Now and you're on right. some like you know, yeah. down a rabbit hole deep. It's not a rabbit hole. The money has been there. The money is always there. If you're talking about money, we're not talking about land. We're not talking about bonds. There are other ways to repair a people that need. Should it repaired. be land? Absolutely. Should it be bonds? Based on special field, it's a start. Spill, a special special field field order, the 15. areas that was under special field order number 15. And don't talk to me that it's not, it's not, it's unconstitutional. It was a business deal talked about with 20 people who happened to be religious leaders. What do you want by the emperor who already started a war without Congress's approval, but he was operating as an emperor in the sovereignty? Okay, and this man, his military had contraband, which all now humans that now say, wow, okay, this contraband is also human, but now they're Negroes and now they're free. So now they're Negro freemen. And Frederick Douglass and everybody else got up with Freedman Burroughs and got robbed. Well, we're not going to talk about who stole their money, but when you're in the banking system, there's a certain thing that happens if you don't understand how it works. So we're not talking about money. We're talking about tax exemptions. We're talking about free education, free health care. We're talking about a number of things. It could be money too, though, right? Cash payments happen for the COVID. What? Um, Cash payments happen for the COVID. I know you're you're a big two yeah, A guy. Absolutely, I can't um, wait to get out of here to get to the rain. <laughs> Protection is that still part of it? Of reparation? Uh the Second Amendment came into play for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. Why is the First Amendment being so challenged? Why is it you can't say anything? You have to decide who's running the country. There's certain things and things you can't say. Those are people who have the power, right? So the Second Amendment backs up the First Amendment if you are a law-abiding citizen. If you're not a law-abiding citizen, then you're problematic. You're a criminal, right? So everyone has the right to defend themselves on the Second Amendment. And Third Amendment is interesting in the Fourth Amendment, too. Look at the bells. Look at but the, but, the it, bells but, is, but is that part of repair to be protected, not just by our own, you know, weaponry, but by our government? You know, 
I'm going to place the fifth okay. on that question. I've already <laughs> said that every American and law-abiding citizen has the right to defend themselves, period, mm-hmm. against tyranny, period. Okay, we got a minute and a half here. And that doesn't mean you walk around with muskets. That's all a lie. Whatever the government has, you should have the same thing. Now, should you be walking around with an Abrams tank and missiles? <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, we got about a little over a minute. A uh, little over a minute here. Yeah. Time flies when you're on the radio. What yeah. um, I know. Go see you in God. God's not dead. Five. Corsicana is still available. Corsicana is everywhere. And, matter of fact, I hear it's trending on stars. It was on stars, and then people brought it back about good people. My Negroes and my black. Corsicana, his directorial debut. All my and, people. All my people. They mm. love it. And and the reason is optics. Is my goal for making that is that. Everything I do is strategic. Is I was hoping that, and what happened when I did the, the uh, screening in my hometown, Katy, Richmond, Texas, this young man was about, looked like he was 16, but I think he was 19, and he had been following me all day. And I was like, man, I got my pistol on me because I, I can carry in Texas, right? I'm like, oh, God, what is this going on? Is this a hit? Is I'm about to get assassinated? Like, am I being pushed off, pull up? What is this? He finally came up to, he was like 6'3", six, 6'4". He went in on the last show and he came out with tears and he says, Mr. Washington, I'm a huge fan. I love you in the hundred. I know you made I made you uncomfortable because I don't I don't really speak that much, but I want to be like Bass Reeves. I want to go back to school, get my education and become a US Marshal and go back to my community in Chicago and help clean it up. Hmm. And that was your point. That's what you were hoping to inspire. Yeah, if you master the firearm, nobody's gonna come for you. Hmm. Isaiah Washington, thank you so much for coming in, spending the hour with us. And uh, I know you'll let us know when the reparations march that you guys are planning is. Definitely April 2024 through the grace of God. Like I said, if it's just Rashid and I there, I'm going to be there. At On Twitter, iWashington. <laughs> and on Instagram, yeah. we can find you, Isaiah Washington. The real Isaiah Washington. The real Isaiah There's Washington. a lot of imposters out there, but I'm verified. He's the real one. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.